Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, morning. gentlemen. Whoa, whoa, easy there. Slow down on the microphones. You're only, (laughs) don't all bombard me at once. Crazy. Back Back up there. How's you, how you guys doing? I felt like I just got my hand slapped by my dad. <laughs> what? Good, good try. Uh-huh. Kid. Shut up and back up. It's like, <laughs> not the right way to do sorry, things dad. here. Sorry, sorry, dad. It's not how we do things. I don't know why I put so much effort, just like 30 minutes. Drink my coffee. 30 <laughs> minutes before all of these uh, are links. Everyone finds the podcast anyways. I sent out a message like 30 minutes ago on LinkedIn, Twitter, and I'm like, I'm going to put the new link in. And it's like three impressions. It's like three people saw this. Cool. You guys can find this. I don't need to do anything anymore. Done. You guys figure it out. Dunzos. Yeah. Dunzos. They, they know where they know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> Golden. This high quality content that we're producing here. Yeah. Exactly right. That's right. Huh. Ignore. That's right. <laughs> I wonder how many how many other podcasts just like do live episodes and they just just show up whenever we want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good for our audience. My quality thanks for, thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> two kilobytes, yeah, exactly right. Any kind of announcements, things going on? I think we just got a. This is a. It's kind of a surprise to me. Well, I guess yeah, it is August, right? The August uh, Power BI desktop just came out on the August 9th They just announced it on the new Power BI desktop features out here. Um, some interesting improvements here. Uh, from the reporting side, and you know, just a couple, couple seems like a, a lighter weight update as uh, as we look at things right now. Any, any impressions? It's a, it's on the a good update? mid, yeah, it's a good mid summer. What are we towards the end of the summer? It's a summer update where people are taking vacations, and that's probably true. You know, that that's makes probably sense. true. Yeah. The, the, the team needs a break off. too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do get their break in January though, because they never do a January update. So, kind of no excuses there, Microsoft. Wow, man. That's rough. Like <laughs> you don't get any time off. I I did have a chuckle that I shared uh with with you guys earlier. The the DAX editor update was wasn't anything new. It was like we're done. We're good. Unless you guys come up with something better. <laughs> like, we've taken it as far as we want to. I was like, that's the update. I was like, oh awesome. <laughs> Interesting update. I guess I'll never see another update on DAX then. Thanks, guys. It is it is interesting. Well, so yeah, so, um, but you you found some some mobile stuff in there, right? Tom? Yeah, and I, this is again one of those. I, I I didn't know this. Not that I didn't know it was available before, but they finally finally, I think put it in GA or released it where you can actually edit the visual side per per visual on the mobile side that only ex, um, changes or affects mobile. So if I wanted, and that's always been our problem, right? Where you're like. The mm-hmm. title's a font of 12, and then on mobile, that's terrible. It's too big. But Way too it's big. too big. Yeah. So you either turn the title off on both sides, mm-hmm. or you're kind of stuck with it. But now, you can actually just change the font size or the heading, uh, the axis, turn things on and off, and mm-hmm. it only affects mobile. And I tested this out, too. You can also change the title names on the mobile side for the same visual. So, mm-hmm. in effect, it has two, which is very interesting on like in terms of... Two versions for the same visual now, right? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you can say, you know, if you had total sales by product category, you say total sales category or something. So yeah, that's and again, you infect quite a bit of things uh, in terms of visual configuration. So that's really neat. I think that's a good. I think that's a good update there. 
Um, I think the mobile experience has been largely underrated. I use my, my phone to track a couple of reports that I have internally, and I don't really like the actual mobile experience. I actually build reports that are specific for a mobile screen where I, it's a normal report, it's just maybe narrow and long kind of thing. I, I yeah. adjust the screen width so it seems to work a little bit better that way. At least that's what I've been doing recently. I do, I do like, um, there, there is one call out from a visual standpoint, right? Like adding the conditional formatting to data labels. That's a, that's a cool new feature that'll, that'll get some use out of for sure. Yeah. I like that one too. I'm surprised Tommy, you didn't jump on the, the metrics visual now being available in desktop. Right. Yeah. Well they did, I think they did preview that, but now you could, oh yeah. Formerly known as goals, really right? Neat. I honestly, this is, yeah. This is really neat where before, if you wanted to add the metrics visual, it was the entire scorecard. You're like kind of redundant. Yeah. Right? Okay. But now I think there's a lot more synergy. This is one of the things we talked about. There's a lot of places to see the data. There are too many, but now you can actually add the, a single goal or a single metric from a scorecard and showcase the visual on your report. Mm -hmm. And I think this is exactly where we needed to go where you have a lot of scorecards or you have a lot of reports to tie to a single scorecard where do you go first the scorecard the report this allows that in a sense and it creates everything like at the KP. it's almost like the remember the power bi score uh, um kpi visual custom visual it was like super complex that they yes. developed and mm -hmm. it was super complex to develop this yep. kind of does that because it has the kpi green or red and it's all based on the milestones. So this is actually really cool if you are doing scorecards and you want people to see that in a report. I think this will take a little bit of getting used to just for people <laughs> to understand like there's like three data points that you can you can get on here. You have like a final target, a milestone, and a progress. I think if you can think through your goals. I'm working on a lot of projects right now where we're incorporating more and more like budgeting information into mm -hmm. actual data. So there's actual data being collected and we're adding that to that budget information. Oh, this kind of, this, this really feels like a, a good um, idea around being able to leverage some of that, right? How are we tracking the budget? What does the budget look like? What are the KPIs? You know, there's, there is an end goal not to exceed or not, or, or to get to, what does right. that look like? So I, I think it'll be interesting. I'm about to see how I can incorporate some of these in some of my reporting pieces here. Uh, and maybe enhance some some dashboards with this information. Anyways, I think it's a good I think it's a good review. I think it's good to look at that. That's, yeah, it, it's, again, it's it's only as good as your ability to plan. Ahead that's of time. right. Well, that's kind of yeah. that's a great point because that's kind of where I was going yeah. with that. Like, if you can't if you don't think about what you're trying to visualize ahead of time, you're gonna have to shape the data some way to get it into a format that's ready to use. Uh, if you guys haven't seen this one already, another one that. Uh, out is there is a new sensitivity dialog box so if you didn't have enough pop-up windows coming in power bi desktop already there's another one coming in uh for those organizations that have data sensitive data sensitivity turned on you can now pick what kind of sensitivity that report or visuals will look will apply to as you save the as you save the file which i'm not really a big fan of other pop-up boxes but it is what it is <laughs> I, I thought we just said we're adding everything to the panel. Uh, you know what? It's it's better than having to go dig through it on the ribbon. I, I would say that. The, the reason they, they, they said in the, in the note here, the reason they're adding it is because the ribbon is difficult to find where you apply the sensitivity labels for the report. 
now they're they're when it isn't required by your organization just automatically pop it up i get it i understand that's just i don't want another pop-up listen i'm still on the I'm still going to shout this from the rooftops. The left-hand side of the Power BI desktop is very lonely. It has all that white space that can be utilized. I would agree with you. Put a lot of that in there. So There's only three little icons doing nothing over three, there. The same three little icons. Add some buttons. Since the beginning. I'd agree with that one. Anything else? Any other things that stood out to you guys? Uh, not in the update. Okay. No. I believe there was an interesting blog put out. Tommy, you were mentioning it around. Was it Tommy or Seth? I can't remember. Um, I'm, I'm actually trying to Google it right now so I could put it in the chat window. Um, what's the blog about? It's a, it's a it, so template Rui, or something? Yeah, so Rui Romano basically put out, for all those struggling with trying to monitor your gateways, uh, it's basically a Power BI template file that you can configure. That's, again, what Rui does from a visual point of view from, for admins has been incredible. Uh, he's one of the first to do something with the activity log and the data catalog or the scanner API. Hmm? This is right in that wheelhouse where it really can track the hours, things are refreshing, uh, your performance of a gateway and the gateway clusters as well. But again, it's the templates, the visual side and all the configuration on the back end. So just another amazing release that all it's, it's, yeah. the full, it's the full solution, right? Like yeah. It gives you the whole thing. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's a solid offering. Well done, Rui. Seriously, Community he, thanks you on that one. Like that that's a that's one that takes a long time to put together and you know just handing out solutions like yeah. that much in the same way that you did Tommy, right? With a like the when we the Power BI user group, how how do you go build all of the um right, you know, the reporting with the API metrics, but to hand out the templates and have a, a tutorial like the go to here, right. just go plug in your configurations kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it takes a long time to put that stuff together. So yeah. um, send your thanks to Rui and, and definitely go, go use that for, for your gateway usage. His, his GitHub repo is probably my one in my top, like his, his mm -hmm. list of repositories. I would is agree. My top three because he's got some amazing stuff in there. Yeah. I really, really like this one. This is a, a really good one. Again, it's a lot of this, Someone's figured out how to automate some things. I heard a phrase the other day and I thought, I need to use this phrase more. The phrase was, if you do things more than three times, automate it. I thought, yeah, you should. If you're doing something more than three times, that's, that is a requirement to figure out how to do this thing on a regular basis. And I would think that troubleshooting gateways every so often would probably come up a couple times. It may not be very, like, in the, in the near, you know, last in one month you do a lot of it, but maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't think this is finally not really even just this is not reactive, I think, anymore, where we're like, what happened? What went wrong? Let me go into the log. This can also just show you the performance, too. And this is as an admin, something once a week you should be looking at, like how long are things taking? So, no, I, I, I'm i in love with these types of solutions. I think there's a lot of things that are now I think we're moving to a place where there is a lot more things to be mindful of inside the Power BI ecosystem, gateways and activity logs and who's making what in resource groups. I think there's a lot more churning happening. And I'm not sure everyone, we should probably have an episode around where are the things you look for data? <laughs> like, where are mm -hmm. they? Uh, what, what are the admin level things we should be thinking about? Because I think there's a lot of people out there who are running or administrating their Power BI environment and don't even know these things exist yet. Joint session for August user group? Maybe. Powers combined with, with our powers combined, you get half a yeah, decent right. user group. Yeah, 
Where's the animation? <laughs> Captain B.I. Captain B.I. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to figure out what is our what is our arch nemesis, though? You know, because we're fight we're fighting we're, we're fighting against something. It's got to be something we fight against. So it's got to be like Excel sheet nonsense. You know, or Servio. <laughs> corporate B.I. Fight, fighting against that one. Self service all the way. We need we need some corny phrases. We should have some rings made. With little sapphires in them. Oh boy, we can, we can go. We can go places with this idea. We, 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 yeah, like, let, let's just focus bunch. the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the, show. The, 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 yeah, next, the next conference we show up, there's like three <laughs> Power Rangers nice. showing up. What are you guys? We're the yeah, Captain Bi. Oh my goodness, yeah, Johnny, Johnny's Johnny Bi Joe. That is hilarious. Yes, yeah, that's really good. Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna. This is going to be yeah. Sweet. My next. This one's going off the rails. Right yeah, we're, we're done with this one. <laughs> this, this is going to be more of an interesting episode, I think, in general, because we've got Exportio. a... Exportio. That's the Arc Nemesis. Oh, Exportio. That is a good one. <laughs> I really like that one. Yes. Because everything everything is export from Excel. Mm-hmm. Ooh, on, Lord On-Prem. So, and, and his yeah. evil minions, Exportios. I love it. <laughs> well, this is going to be the conference in September. We're going to be like, B.I. Joe, people are like, what are they talking about? Yeah, exactly. If you don't listen to the podcast, you don't understand what's going on. And you won't understand why Tommy set the mic <laughs> show up in a Power Rangers costume. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. That's hilarious. Yeah, we I should do we an episode move- on that. Because yeah. Chris, Chris brings up a good, a good point, right? Like, not only I don't think are people using the APIs, but at some point in time, you scale past those being useful with really large organizations and what are the other alternatives, you know, like mm. log analytics mm. is one of the things he talks about, but yeah, like that's a good point. Put that on the list. There you go, Tommy. That's a user topics. Group. <clears throat> Very it good topics. Group, yeah. That's a, yeah. Excellent. We got it. Right on. Thanks guys. We got our August user group now. I'll the research that one now. See what my, my so thoughts what are, are talking on that. about today. Let's go. Uh, yes. Yeah. Let's jump into today's topic. So yeah, today's topic is around our most underrated Power BI features, things that we no one's talking about or things that we think are should be used, maybe just aren't talked about enough. So that's kind of our our ideas. We're probably we've done this in the past where we've kind of gone done the the round robin here, kind of you know, give your idea, maybe your explanation, we react to it, and then maybe we just kind of roll through each person's idea. How does that sound? One idea at a time. I love it. So before we begin, let me let me ask the the round table here the power bi rangers will call call you to no boy uh th- thanks um thanks who said that someone said that Drew but, um... <laughs> okay is that is that so donald that's a good one I, I drill, the drill through uh oh pie charts captain pie chart yeah that's another good one but this is literally going to nemesis. a meme. That's a nemesis. That's the nemesis, that's a, though. No, so that, pie chart. Well, no, I, no, I read no, Donald's. I was wondering Captain. if this was like, um, uh, who's the big boxer who has the lisp? Um, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. Mike Maybe Tyson. That, that character could be play, played by Drill Through could be played th- by uh, Mike Tyson. So he has a little lisp going. Drill Through. <laughs> little lisp going on there. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see this Marvel universe, this Power BI universe. Um, let's, we'll take it back. Take it back. That was my fault. Sorry. Well, let, right. let me ask you, what? how are we going to define something if we're going to say it's truly underrated, right? So, it's just opinions. This whole thing is about opinions and not real information. Welcome to our it, podcast. Yeah. 
Thanks, Mike. So glad we could quality information for everybody. Yeah. I have a way to pump the value. Exactly. Of people spending time yeah. with us. Yeah, that's good. This this is purely an entertainment episode. There will be there will be no talking about poverty at all. We're just going to talk about superheroes and our child, you know, childhood memories. <laughs> well, let me ask your opinion then, Mike. Yeah. On what would you constitute something being underrated in Power BI? For me, I would just say it's just not talked about enough or something that I'm using that I feel people should use more of. That would be something that I would okay. I would just point to. That's that's what I is do. it underused then? Is it simply underused or something that's used but maybe not the qualities there? Um where you, people don't see the value. Like I would I think I would define underrated as just it's it's something that I find myself using frequently. <clears throat> I I would say the value of what I'm asking you to use or the, what quantifies underrated. I'm using it. I'm finding value from it, but I don't see a lot of people spending time or talking about it. That's, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say it's not a fully designed feature. I would say it's a feature that's there and I just, people just don't leverage it enough. Seth, you on the same, same boat there? Sure. Okay. Wow. I mean, to, to some degree it's, it's, it, it could be a feature that you're using a lot that, that you don't think other people are, or that people could, should spend more time in right to become more proficient yeah um because there's a lot of value in doing so right we, we still really talk on a high level a lot in um in a lot of the tutorials and things that are out there that of content that people are making and it's it's very specific to a solution build right and and a lot of the times there's a lot of nuance in you know like one of the one of the areas i would talk a lot about like just the power of m Right underneath the covers of Power Query and the the amount of capabilities you have within that language alone in the advanced editor, it's mind blowing, man. Right, like it, it's just scratching the surface what you can do yeah. in um in the editor portion or you know the the preset dialogue things that allow you to you know right click and not do any code. Um, but even in my limited forays into that, like. <clears throat> It, it, you can solve a lot of really complex problems. And yeah. I think Tommy, you've done that too. We're like um, looping through API calls and, you know, just a ton of things that you would, it is really mind blowing. Like once you dive into that a, a little bit more, and I would say that is an underrated feature, right? Like folks, um, you know, depending on your typical user would probably get a lot more out of it. If, if they knew a little bit of M and dove into the, you know, advanced editor, uh, mm. Mm -hmm. to fix some of their problems as opposed to, you know, always having to um, remove your steps and do everything through the UI. And it, it's, it's one of those, I think you're spot on because that it's one of those things, right? Where there's a ramp up time to learn how to do it. And it is very intimidating the first time you're like, because it, there's a lot of load time, so to speak, to get that knowledge or be comfortable like the power query. Um, to do actually use the advanced editor, but once you do, what time that can save you in the future? So, I agree. All right, let's go ahead and jump into some stuff. I'm going to start off with my first one. My first, my first uh, underrated feature. I'm going to call a very. This is a very blanket statement. Shortcuts. There is a number of shortcuts that people don't know about in Power BI Desktop that they should be using. Um, think things like um. Let me give you some shortcuts that I use fairly frequently. Uh, well, one, do you guys even know how to get the shortcuts menu up in Power BI Desktop? 
What's like the control shift question mark or something? Or Seth, you have an answer? Yeah, mm -hmm. we, it's shift it them. shift question mark. I didn't know. What, I I didn't remember shift what it, I had to go Google it. I knew there was a but. Yeah. Having that of it, so that's kind of cool. I wish there was more shortcuts for things to be able to quickly add things or toggle things, but um, that just brings up the menu for the shortcuts. Shortcuts that I like to use, uh, one would be like grouping, right? Control G groups a multiple a group of, of visuals. So when I'm teaching new users, um, I'm usually teaching you know click and drag the visuals that you're going to use, and then Control G, you group them all together. Um, there's also the idea of nudging things. One of the things that we were very, Seth and I, and, and Tommy, you as well, we're very pro, like, get things organized. Like, don't, don't have things misaligned on the page. So another technique that I use a lot is nudging things. I nudge visuals back and forth, and I almost never use the general pane to align the visuals. I almost always use the shift or, or the control keys. I think it's control. If you grab a visual or a group of visuals and use the, hold the control button, the, pic, the, the visual itself will jump 10 pixels at a time. So you can actually like very carefully meter visuals and bump them around the report page by giving them a nice trim border between the different visuals. So those are maybe like two of my, my initial features there. One of the things that's that underrated, play, using, yeah, using that, more shortcuts. And for you, Mike, that plays a bit of nostalgia too, right? To when the uh, quick ribbon was there. Oh man, I can't wait till that comes back. They need to put Seriously. the quick there, there are icons and there are features that are buried all over Power BI Desktop, and I, I want to pin them to the ribbon bar. I'm really, I'm really miffed that this hasn't come back yet. That was probably one of my best blog articles I remember reading, and it, it changed my workflow. It so, did. Me too. Give a little context to everybody. Mike, years ago in the old UI of Power BI Desktop, like you could, like any other Office application, if this is really the PowerPoint of you know, data, yeah. uh, you can have like your quick ribbon, yes. so to speak. And with the quick ribbon, what you can do is you can actually use the alt numbers to easily do it or yes. like, simply like the t alignment, right? Yes. Um, but you could pin your top 10 there and they would show up. I wrote an article about that. That was one of those like that change. Like every time I would use Power BI, I use a quick ribbon. It was, it was like, it was like you could add um, another feature, like it was, it was like you could add scripting to some degree. You could yeah. make a series of yeah. alt calls. So what you do is you, you, when you click the alt button, it illuminates, or it should have illuminated. It was allowing you to illuminate the the quick tabs toolbar. So you could do alt one, alt two, or alt three, alt four, and you could kind of set up a sequence of things. Like if you wanted to take a whole bunch of visuals, align the top edges, and then evenly distribute them, then you could just hit two key commands and just do it. But you could set that up with any button across the whole report. Uh, and I thought that was that was a good idea. Uh, I use that I love, so I love much. How you're get, I love how I love how we're getting lambasted in the chat. <laughs> like Greg, if he's like, so you're saying, Tommy, that underused features are are those that people can't <laughs> use anymore. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's not having. Are you using it? No. <laughs> That's funny. Dude. Uh, uh, I like John, that one. Johnny actually brings up one that that I had on my list, which is. Um, using groups in in power query right oh which folders yeah i agree with that one for organ organizing love that one that's a great idea a lot of lot of connections um can 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 be either logically put together in grouped folders right like or source like all these all these connections come from this source all these connections yes. come from this source so i do that, that a lot something breaks yeah it, it's it's very 
useful um, for just organizing those those data source connections. Do tables. you really think that's underrated though, or underused? I, I, people don't I, think Noe exists. I, I don't think many people. I don't see people using it all the time. I would agree with that. I, I put it on my list. Most reports that I right. walk into have like the if they use the import from Excel, like a sneeze. Oh, excuse me. Good move um, on that. Yeah, good. Cut to mute just in time. Um, but uh, most people I see, it, they use, if you use the import through Excel feature, it builds like a single folder and then, you know, it comes some functions and stuff for yeah. you automatically. Outside of that, I don't see it being used ever. Like no, no one yeah. thinks about grouping. I like to group, my preference is to group things by data source types, right? If I have the SQL server that I'm pulling data out of, put all the queries in that folder. And then if I have like, ancillary or you know disassociated tables or data that i'm manually entering into the report for whatever reason there's another folder for that and it helps you um delineate each of those things i think it's a great feature set no it, it's a phenomenal feature i would be shocked though do you if, use folders tommy all the time all the time okay. i mean the folders are, <laughs> this is why you're like really this is underrated <laughs> it's I, well it's not just like a neat feature i think it's also integral for it's part to me it's part of the best practices to mm. not so that's why i would argue if it's underrated and again maybe that's why we do what we do here but um i mean for whether you're doing the data sources if you have dev staging and prod in your power query uh i mean I would be very I would be shocked if less than one third of all Power BI files did not use folders or grouping it in some way. I I think it's but, I think it's not used enough, honestly. I think it's a feature that's there that people just don't know exists or can or can help them out. Yes. I think maybe new users don't understand yeah. that it exists. Maybe that would be what I would maybe point to. So along along the idea of folders, um, and I think another thing that also helps out here as well, I want to add an idea with Seth was would be around you know, not only do I use folders, but I use a lot more now parameters inside the data source settings. So like making a parameter okay, that yeah. that is like, okay, you know, you can you can connect to the SQL server and then it creates the M query step that just says server and like database name mm -hmm. or something like that. I'm now mm -hmm. using more and more frequently the this the context of I actually want to name that server as a separate parameter. So I'll make a parameter yeah. that is the server name that would live in the folder that is the SQL server. So I first make my two parameters for the SQL server, and then I automatically link that in there. And then kind of along that is, you know, the, the technique here is, or the, the underrated feature would be is making parameters to control your data sources would be my feature set here. And then in addition to that, when you're making multiple queries off of the same SQL server, making sure that every SQL query or the starting point of the M is using the same parameters. So that way you have, yeah. like, if I change the server name, this is, and for me, I find this works really well when I'm working with like dev prod, I need to change the server all at once to point to a new data set. The structure is the same, but the server name is different. So I find this works out really well because then I have the parameters in the Power Query. When I load the data model in desktop, and again, this is another feature that goes along with this is on the home ribbon, <laughs> inside the data, the data transforms, as soon as you add parameters, you now have the edit parameter inside desktop. You don't even need to go into Power Query to edit the names of the server to transition between servers. So I think that's another like time saver win slash me. Yeah. It's like a I minute to all the time. I, I, it's yeah. like a minute to set it up, but then I use it over and over again, and I'm constantly moving between data models or or servers at yeah. some point. 
So I find that's a very useful thing for me too. Parameters are, are not, I don't want to say toxic, but they, they do have an underbelly, uh, especially with refresh scenarios. I think the way you're saying it, solid, right? But a lot of times, I, I and granted, Johnny did say a few good points that I'm, I can't respond to because he's spot on, but we're using the parameters in a way where it breaks refreshing, where you can't schedule refresh because you're using it in such a way. But I think, to, so... There are ways that you can kind of break your your ability to refresh. It works great in desktop. But to your point, Mike, yeah, there are a lot of use cases where using parameters the right way yes. can drastically change. Like talk about automation, talk about saving time. Yep. And and so in some things too, right? You can also, I mean, I I point this out here, but if you publish a Power BI report into PowerBay.com, you can go to the data set and adjust those parameters of the data set while you're in powerbi.com. So if you have things you want to adjust without having to republish an entire report, yeah, you can do that. You can go in, you can modify that. So another one that I've seen used fairly frequently in the parameters piece is like a, a UTC time zone offset, right? Yeah. If you have a report that needs to adjust where the UTC time zone is, or because the stupid US shifts the doggone thing all the time, like I have to go in and you know sometimes it's minus five, sometimes it's minus six, right? I, sometimes you have to adjust that property to realign the, t the time zones so that it's correct for wherever you're doing the reporting. So that's another one that I've used a, a couple times in the parameter space of things. So I got, I got a, uh, a fun one, and I, I think it's really not used. It's probably used, but it's not used enough in terms of, I think, what we normally think is hierarchies. So I think a lot of times we'll use it for date, right, where you have year, quarter, month, you know, a week day. Yeah. But there's so many more cases where setting up the hierarchy just saves you so much time being able to drag that for a product category, subcategory. Um, and like, again, it's what to, to everyone's point in a lot of files that pick up, never see it, but it should, it should always be there from a location point of view for your products, for your sales teams, for dates where it just saves you time to when any time you uh, have to, put that in the visual because usually you want that context but that for me is a huge underrated feature that really enhances like there's a marginal value to me for it for the sake of using it or not using it that's a good one any any <clears throat> any other piece uh features i i would i would say and it it's kind of an it's i'm not gonna say it's a cheat but like I, I think external tools is under underrated or underused. I had that, but it's down. really it's really hard to say like why. Well, it's because these like many of those tools are full solutions to help you like dive really deep into certain aspects of Power BI, right? Mm -hmm. Or or simplify your life, like Tabular Editor, right? right? Like cool. ELM Toolkit, all those types of things. But there's so many different external tools that you could plug in. That I just, you know, I don't think people have spent the time to understand all of the capabilities that people have, you know, created within those that help help facilitate, you know, um, building building or monitoring good Power BI reporting and ecosystems, and the overall, um, I think, level of effort and time it takes to kind of unpack everything in there mm -hmm. and build it into your process. It probably makes it under under underutilized or under um, underrated. 
I had that written down, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to say it or not because I'm like, obviously, like that's it's a huge topic, yeah. right? It's not just it's not hierarchies. Oh yeah, that one thing. It's like no, right. you open this door and it's like, <laughs> wow, there's there's a whole lot of things within there. Well, I think to um, your point, it's not it's underused or underrated because it's not like a custom visual where you can open the custom visual gallery. There's only one tool that I know or one platform that I know that actually has a list of multiple uh, external tools. Uh, it's the business ops Power BI tips. But every, I mean, if you were to say what external tools are available, right? I mean, good luck trying to search for that. Like a list of what are the available external tools compared to custom visuals. How does the user know how to get started? Uh, you know, I, I don't even, does the external tools ribbon even show if you have no external tools on your desktop? It's been so long since I, I haven't had a desktop. No. So you wouldn't know like, oh, what can I do here? So no, I, and I think, again, I am in my head, I'm ranking these these underrated features based on the the marginal value of using it or not using it. And I think this that's a huge one, Seth. Hmm. I like your I like your idea there. Like the, the value that you use it is high enough that it makes sense to learn it and, right. and incorporate it into your process. Yeah, right. I agree with so, that one. I have a I have a smaller one and it's the marginal value is maybe not as large as like something like external tools, but there's a lot of use cases that I I, I find myself like going back to it and it, because it serves two purposes. Um, it's add column by examples in Power Query. Yeah, so um, I love that I, feature. Yeah, and and the reason I say there's two kind of purposes and services, it's pretty darn good sometimes like uh you know it, it it's generally text right it doesn't solve yes. all your issues but a lot of times if you're trying to create a categorization or classification i mean it's it does the job pretty well if you give enough examples and on some complex you know uh, complex situations but more than that it will show you the power query that's or the functions that's going to be used it's showing you the code that's generated because that's what it's doing it's not just auto you know, creating what you're doing, it's creating power query based on where you're saying, so you're like, Oh, I didn't know that's what that function could do. Let me try to incorporate that myself. So a lot of times I'll start writing something in add columns by examples, but I won't necessarily okay it. I'll just look at the code and then I can configure and get an idea of how I need it specifically for me. So there's more use cases. I could probably use it, but um, I, I, th I think, it's one of those things that you kind of don't know all the capabilities that's there, all the potential. I would, uh, I'll throw in another one here. And this is actually, this is one I think that is maybe underrated, maybe something that I use when I'm getting a lot of elements on a page, the selection pane, or even the panes in general, like the different various panes that like, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that pane exists. I should I should turn that one on and like try. So sometimes like when you're trying to, for example, pain points I hate. Text boxes are a pain to move <laughs> or copy, right? If you try to move a text box, it keeps thinking you're clicking in the doggone text box to write text. I'm like, crap, I don't want to, I don't want to select the text box. I need to move the text box or highlight it or something along those lines. So I find myself doing a lot of like, okay, I need to, I'm going up to the, the ellipsis of the text box. I click it, it highlights it, grab the ellipsis of the text box, a little you know, icon that shows up in the upper right-hand corner, and then I can drag it around the page. So another way that I do this is, especially when there's a lot of pages on, on the, a lot of elements on the page and potentially like I've grouped a lot of things. So I like using the selection pane 
uh, to to leverage that to, to be able to select very specific elements uh, across the page. And so uh, sometimes we'll do um, like a bookmark that shows like a, a whitewash on the page and there's maybe some tooltips on there. But the only way to really get that working correctly is making sure that you walk through like, okay, select this group of objects, hide it, snap the bookmark, unhide the objects, snap another bookmark. And you're doing a lot more of like selecting multiple things on the page. Potentially that, that's a good use case for the selection pane. So I think the selection pane is something I use fairly frequently, or again, that one and the, what's the other one that records the, um, the developer? analyzer? Yeah, the performance analyzer pane. Yeah, I use it so much, I don't even know the name of it. That's, that's amazing. Uh, so that's the other one that I'll think I'll use fairly frequently as well. You guys use those? Do you guys use the performance yeah. analyzer pane? I, so to the selection page of the performance analyzer, right now there's a specific use cases. Like when I do use it, it's usually for the same reason. And it's like, it's either doing bookmarks or it's like to, to your point, like it's very basic. If I need to group some things that are a little difficult to do, but the the more panes that you have, it's you know it's like you're you're sacrificing the screen space of the canvas. Mm -hmm. So it just means you need a bigger screen, like Mike's. I, I got a twenty seven. I got, I got a forty nine inch like widescreen. <laughs> like it's amazing. Oh really? Oh yeah. I can put a I can put a full report on the page <laughs> and every single panel open to its maximum width, and I still got room to spare. Yeah. Pre prerequisite. Okay, well, yeah, pre it's a, for yeah, yeah, prerequisite. RBI desktop. I, he <laughs> sent me he sent me pictures of like the full thing exploded on this. Like, I was like, I could actually fit everything on like, the page. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That, that's that's an awesome developer experience. You have 49 inches. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? if you if you want to go serious on Power BI, you need a thousand dollar monitor in order to be able yeah. to maybe, develop appropriately. Maybe that's the under underrated features. You, need a, you yeah. need a giant monitor. The program is free, but it costs a thousand dollars to see it. <laughs> You know, it's one for of the full experience for the full well, experience that, oh, on the flip side of that. And I got to dive into this one, too, though. Like one of the most annoying things in the world. If you ever work with some folks like where they're jumping. I'm sorry, in, Seth. I am not. Wonder, I didn't mean to annoy you that much. No, you oh. wonder where you wonder where like a report could look at look so bad when somebody sends it to you. It's because oh. they're working on a laptop screen. Yeah, they're trying to do like the the minute little, you know, visualization placement and alignment and all that like i had a oh man you had an, you had a run with one of these we had, a, we had a contractor that at, at one point in time just kept sending stuff over and we're like what why we're like oh well because i work on a 16 inch monitor <laughs> like, okay well that explains it i'm gonna give this you know, to somebody else this is a anyway. really good point seth and mm -hmm. i've run into this where someone's like the report doesn't work i can't see anything i'm like what are they talking about yeah. and i asked like a buddy of mine to look on their on their screen and we're like yeah everything's fine then i'm like show me your screen and it was like zoomed in on a 16 inch i'm like and i just remember going what this like my first thought Dude, is, i can't even terrible i don't even know how you would do it because just opening up the the selection pane yeah, and the yeah, the yeah. and the uh the visualization right. pane just those two panes your your visual goes like you have like a you have yeah. like a a six inch and, size you know power bi report in a power bi service and <laughs> oh, you're just yeah. yeah and i'm like well no wonder you're frustrated like you know, it's like get a screen man like i don't, I don't that's an yeah. interesting point D diving back into our topic <laughs> like i don't know if it's underrated but i've I don't see tons of people using it, but if you're a Teams-heavy organization, I love the Teams app integration. 
right? Like just being I, in I Teams like that one a lot. all the time. Yes. Plugged yeah. right into Power BI. Yep. It's it's super seamless and like I love the experience of it just being part of that program almost. Um so the the other ones that I think fall under underrated for me is potentially I don't see a lot of integration into other power platform areas, right? Like like the mm. ability now to be able to actually take action off a report if you're plugging in and using other aspects of the power platform. Um, and that's probably just because there's more components to it and organizations may not be fully bought into the full power platform as opposed to just Power BI, right? Because there's other licensing and you got to kind of go full bore into that yeah. um, to really utilize the some of the capabilities within there. Seth, that, that may be the best one I think I, I've heard today. That is a great point and it's intimidating to start using like a power app in a in a report especially if you're just getting to power bi like how how do these work together but i i can give you 10 examples of one just cool features of how to use it together because we it's integral to some of our reports actually where it's not doing a write back and we've, we've talked about write back right but it's doing a lot of other use cases where for for three different audiences like one report we allows three different audiences to really take decisive action one it is almost like we've created like a supply chain so to speak in the report where every month this report refreshes and a group of users go in first to basically map things together and they use a power app to do so where there's like rogue products or rogue things that are coming in and it's all through a power app on a particular page using power bi show like basically putting some filters and then finally it's going through and like we actually do like a checkbox list like approve certain companies or mm -hmm. like a certain accounts yeah and it's going through like a, a sql database but it's the way you can like kind of in a sense hack it together in a sense it's mm -hmm. so seamless for the mm -hmm. like a different audience and then finally like the final report page is for the like for finance to look at and it only showcases things that have gone through this list yeah and again this is just that's one use case but if it wasn't it's one of those things where if it wasn't there we would not be able to provide the solution in this way there's a lot of need i think i mean this is this is where i think a lot of companies struggle and i'm not sure if the solution's quite solidly there yet for power bi but this whole like feedback loop right there's like this insights and action and like you can you can add in the power app for things but like being able to get to get that full closed loop like editing lots of records at once and being able to get them into whatever that sql right. server backend loading process inside power bi i mean power bi is not a great tool for just automatically loading you know chunks of data into tables you have to be kind of metered about this so i there's ways around it i think tommy that's a good solution like that's a really good use case for and solution yeah. for like how do we you know present data show it to people and have them like click on it in real time update it and then it kind of it can go through the process of getting refreshed and, and pushed back into the data model i wish there was a little bit better way of making that a bit more seamless potentially yeah and like i said it, it's intimate that it's one of those ramp up ones where you, it takes a lot of trial and error yeah. to understand how it works together but sure. now that we've in a sense, really released a few things. Like that's just one example. So yeah, Seth, I, I think that's a huge one that should be utilized more. And there's a lot more use cases where we want users not just to, and again, this is not right back. This is allowing users to be more proactive in their data. What would be cool is if they start, if if 
data marts expands into those other areas oh my gosh. and starts to be like you could you could take action into some of those areas. Ooh. That'd be pretty slick. Yeah. I would really like that. The other the other ones I had that I don't think are underrated, but potentially underappreciated, right? This kind of got me thinking about like just how many features and capabilities we have within Power BI that I I wanted to call those out, right? Like I, I think when you when you get stuck in an organization, not stuck, but like when you're working with an organization, you're gonna have the same repetitive data sources. Mike, you probably expand or appreciate this more because yep. you've worked with many different companies as you know owning your own company. But yep. just the sheer volume and number of data source connections we can make across environments, across you know, application, like custom and third party applications. Yes, like I'd agree with that. Being able to access the data in the ways that we can, like I, it's been so long since I like I, I haven't heard anybody say, oh, I can't connect to it, <laughs> right? Like there's mm -hmm. there's no way for me to get the data from Power BI. Like literally you can connect to anything, which I think is just amazing. Um, the other thing, if you think about, and you've been in the game uh, long enough, right? There there were there are different report types, right? You, you have business in Excel and that's what they were doing everything. You had paginated, right? Which was all of your old SQL server reporting services. And then you have this new fangled you know power bi which was mostly kind of you know the new thing in excel power map and you know everything that became this new type of reporting but they've done an amazing job of of creating an environment that not only supports all three right like you can have all three types of report in the same solution for you know um any end user but let alone like getting a paginated report visual right in a power bi report because there's a good use case for that right so just the the flexibility and the ability to allow us to build solutions that aren't like pigeonholing us into yeah. just you know power bi mm -hmm. like that that version of things we can pull in paginated we can use excel we can we, you know dump data out into excel pretty easily i think is also like an amazing feature set in and of itself and then um ultimately the the sharing how we're able to like give access to this in tailored ways right through an app love apps through mm -hmm. direct sharing through you know even power bi report server if you have to on premises you know you're limited in feature sets right but at the same time like there's capabilities and service offerings within this whole ecosystem that are just really unparalleled right when you think about how in the past all of these things were separate you know, kind of implementations and didn't work well together. Like they've really, the, like the feature sets combined within Power BI along these are just extremely powerful. With these feature sets combined, you oh, have you're right in ah, full circle. Full, full circle. circle. <laughs> oh my! Here we go, bringing it back from the beginning. Well, and I, and I think to your point, why in a sense you would call that underrated is there's. For all those amazing things, there's not like a central location to do all of that, right? You have to go, if you want subscriptions, you have to go to the settings on workspace. If you want to do the power apps, you know, it's in a different location. So there's, it's the capabilities together obviously are incredible, but to understand how they all work together is probably the underrated part of this. It's because you have to know where to find it, so to speak. And in a sense, how also, how do they work together? It's not necessarily like one click, one one admin dashboard, right? Like, you know, you don't have a control panel of all these configurations together. 
So it makes it difficult to kind of say like, how can I deliver the best experience possible tailored in one place? So, and I, so I totally agree. Yeah. Together subscriptions, everything you talked about, I mean, they, they do a phenomenal job. Um, I, I have one that we've talked about a bunch, but I think it's, I'm going to call it underrated because I don't think it's depended on enough and it's going to be usage logs and audit logs and building a report off of that. Um, if, if you're, regardless of this is not an admin level feature that is underrated. This is, if you develop in a report and you're spending hours or an hour or 30 minutes building any report, you need to know if people are looking at it, who's looking at it mm -hmm. and when. Yep. And, um, so being able to download and do the activity log to be able to see the views, who's sharing, who's download, who's exporting data, um, and being able to create your own, you know, it, it's a ridiculous data set that you can basically say, how, how many days since this has been viewed? Yeah. Who's viewing this? Is it the same person? Is 80% of the, you know, the views coming from one person or is it the entire team? What do we need to retire? What do we need to focus on? The the activity log for something that we, that we deploy and that I look at is a once a week thing to say like, am I focusing on the right items? I mean, it, to me, this is the perfect example of like, we tell people all the time, we need to make data-driven decisions. Well, are you and I doing that in our own, on our workflow? Like, am I making decisions off what I should be focusing on? And I have the data to back that up. So. Yeah, I, this is, this is one of these use cases around, uh, you know, practice what you preach for some of those things, right? Right, or, right. And, and it, 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 to me, it all boils down to time, right? Am I doing things rep repetitively? Um, right. and I, I wanted, I, you guys have said a lot of comments there and I wanted to kind of step back here just for a bit for Seth. Cause I wanted to go back to Seth's okay. point around like an underrated feature is the fact that there are models in place, like the data sets. And now, now we have data marts, but the fact that this thing connects to multiple tools, Excel and paginate reports, I think that's a part of the underrated features. I think paginate reports in general, working off of a power BI data model is an underrated feature because I think a lot of, I'm having a lot more conversation around, mm -hmm. Hey, this is, we have two ways of looking at data. We have insightful data. Like I need you to tell me something that the data is showing me in an insightful report to take action on that visual or that page. And the other hand of this is I just need access to the data. I don't really care about a report. I just want a table of data. And I would just, I'm very like, I'm very, opposed to just giving people a power bi report with a big table in it i just feel that the whole experience is very subpar i would rather build you a paginate report now granted this is a feature that's in a premium space so it's, you need a little bit more oomph behind it but if you just need access to the data using that as a great example or even looking at analyzing excel right again the data is in the model analyzing excel can go grab that data out and get you your pivot table of all the data that's there so I think those are other areas as well that I would kind of say underrated and underused at this point. So I really like that comment, Seth. I thought that was a really good one. There's other tools that support you. Yeah, Ex Exportio strikes again. Ha ha! Go to Analyze and Excel, Exportio. My arch nemesis. Nice. Love it. Any other kind of... Uh... Final thoughts here. I guess we're kind of wrapping down here. We've had a, there's like, I'm literally trying to keep up with the notes here. There were so many notes of no. things that we thought yeah. were underrated. Basically, the whole tool's underrated. That's basically what we're saying. <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Good conversation in the chat again. So thanks, yeah. everybody there. Yeah.
very very good uh, uh, conversation in the chat appreciate all the there was actually some well not actually some there were very good ideas inside the chat that i thought no oh, that's yeah I, I didn't think of that one that was a really good yeah. underrated feature mm -hmm. so for for those listening and we'll, we'll end on this there's obviously if you some of this may be new to you some of this maybe you need to recheck it out what are things that you do we've been in the game a long time but still there's always something new to learn what do you do to kind of do that exploration right like obviously we all know what we're talking about like oh yeah but for someone who's just getting in the game or you know been in a while what's your process or workflow like what resources do you get to try to know everything that's going on in power bi i mean i'm following the blog a lot of times yeah. i think for me you know i'm listening to what's coming out from power bi checking out the features looking at ones that sound interesting to me and then spending a little bit of time i i would say at the end of the day i am always trying to dedicate some time to learning whatever that is per week per month you know making sure there's a little bit of time that you're blocking out that's I'm taking a lunch, I'm going to eat some food, and I'm going to just play with something really quick. And I've also, to that end point, I've even made a Power BI report that is a read-only report. So I, I basically, I made the Power BI file, I marked it as a read-only file, so I can't save over top of it. And I have it pinned in my Power BI desktop as the very first item in my open section in Power BI desktop. So whenever I want to explore something, it's a data model I know, it has data in it that I understand. It has it's a star schema, has dimensions and facts, and it's literally ready to go. So when the new feature comes out, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how I would use that. I can, within two clicks, file open the file. Boom! I'm in a file that I'm comfortable with. I understand everything in about that file, and I can go in and start quickly grabbing visuals and dropping stuff down. I do a lot of prototyping that way as well when I'm trying to work out like a solution or a problem. But just, I would say. The technique here is make it easy for you to learn. Think about all the steps because I, what I used to do is I used to go, oh, I, I'm going to need to try that out. And I would spend like 10 minutes just, okay, making up some data and pulling some things in and okay, now I need a relationship to another table. Uh, uh, uh. So it just took me forever to figure all that stuff out. And I was like, you know what? I should just do this once, automate it, get everything set up, market read only, boom, I'm in. And then when I'm done with that file, if, I've, if I like what I've built or it's something I want to like save for later, I'll just do save as save as the file name what i did with it stick it in a folder and i'll come back to it later at least that way i have like a reference point because sometimes people ask me questions I'm like i think i did that like last week or i think i've solved the problem like that one because you're as you do this longer you start seeing common the same problem occur over and over and over again and you just you once you solve it now you solved it H hide the example somewhere so you can go back and reference it that was and that was literally how i started the power bi tips blog which was me doing this, but then publishing it to the internet so I could like keep track of my thoughts. I just haven't had time to keep doing that. It's a lot of time to write a blog these days. Yeah, I think in general, uh, we, we've talked a lot about this in other podcasts, but it, it starts with just a learning mentality, like find mm -hmm. the sources of where you're going to pick up information. Uh, love loved the fact that Johnny thinks the Explicit Measures podcast does that for him, where we consolidate all that information for you. Um, but the Power BI blog, right? Like it, it's it's been like the feature releases and just clicking through there for new users, right? Like it, it's, it's keeping your, you know, as a phrase, keeping your ear to the ground, right? keeping up to date or figuring out like what are all the features out there to to mike's point it makes a ton of sense to have something that you can plug into for the quick learning but you you, you have to think about like we've 
talked about many different areas. Maybe a feature is just a simple new thing that we can do, like conditional formatting on text, right? Like we learned today, right? So how do you, how do you go implement that? Cool, get familiar, and it takes you 15 minutes. Hmm. But there are also ones that, like, there's the medium one. It's going to take you an hour or something to, like, really get sunk into something, practice, play with it, or long. And for those, like, I always have a running OneNote of stuff that I want to go learn when I can carve out that that time in my schedule, which is kind of a scheduling thing, right? Like carve out times where it's like, yeah. um, during the day, take your break and go, go see if there's a new feature to go play with it quick. But if you find something that you want to go revisit, like I grab the link and I'll go back to that when I have the carved off like one, one hour times or something longer. And then <clears throat> you get through this cycle of consistent learning. Um, I think where you have to take that after that though is, periodically and whether that's on a quarterly basis or whatever you have to reevaluate your process like because a lot of these new features are things that you need to figure out where you would utilize them in your process and kind of put yourself in that uncomfortable realm where you always want to you know enhance your solutions that you build because everybody has this like kind of um just by nature i think uh comfortability like once you hit this flow of things work really well and you have a process and it all works like it's it's uncomfortable to say actually this new feature it would totally blow up my process mm -hmm. but i'm gonna have to like that would be a lot of tech debt or that would be work and then you have to evaluate like do we want to do that and sometimes the answer is yes right so it puts you in an uncomfortable realm but i think that periodic reevaluation of your process against all these net new things you've learned is where you really start to build enhanced solutions and take yeah. it to the next level with the organizations that you're working with or for yeah i, I both your points you guys have done this for so long that if you're listening, listen to these guys. Back I, when I was a whippersnapper and just learning Power well, BI. Yeah. Well, and it's true too. Like, I mean, from my, from my own self, it's, I don't have the time to do all the exploration, but I know other people do. I mean, RSS feeds. Get involved I with the US, like, user group. Yeah, yeah, get involved with the user group. User groups. Yep. But like I use, like uh, on user groups are huge, honestly. And we've talked about networking and you can mm -hmm. join any user group. Join the California user group. Join the New York one. They, You know, like you can do that now, but. I use like an RSS service called InnoReader and a save it uh, later service called uh, Raindrop. Yep. And anytime there's a new article, I'll just save it. If I don't have time to read it, I can, I always go back and you're like, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know that was available. Yeah. And then you, yeah, just combining everything we're talking about here. No, huge. Dig it. All right. Well, that one we've probably burned through in a perfectly good hour of your time this, uh, this morning. We appreciate everyone uh, jumping in, listening, uh, coming up with evil, um, you know, anti Power BI mm -hmm. uh, uh, nemesis, arch nemesis names. That was really, really. I think Exportio is by far my favorite. I think that is just awesome. Um, it, uh, maybe there's also a Harry Potter theme that I hear. Exportio, Excelio. You know, maybe I don't know. Uh, that would be coming out here pretty soon. But anyways, uh, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you guys listening to us. And the, the chat has been absolutely amazing. Thank you very much for for chatting it up in the chat. Um, I'm learning a lot from other people and their experiences as well. So this is this is the community and what we want to put produce so thank you all for participating and our only ask is if you like this conversation uh if you enjoy superheroes and power bi you should definitely share this podcast uh please go out and share it to somebody else on social media uh you know uh, put on your cape your your data cape and uh you know promote it shout it from the tops of the mountains uh we would really appreciate that that really helps us out 
Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? Really leaning into that. I'm so leaning you into don't it. Have to like I'm, I'm on Amazon right now ordering a cape <laughs> as we speak. The Power BI one's kind of a prerequisite for the podcast, but the superhero is optional. Uh, superhero is <laughs> optional. Okay, all right, got yeah. it. So if you enjoy listening, make sure to uh, uh, watch live Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7.30 a.m. If you're watching live, remember, this is kind of a podcast, too. So we have subscriptions on Apple and Spotify, 134 episodes now in the books that you can listen to. Most of them still pretty relevant, except for probably the one on desktop is desktop over in the cloud. Because Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So anyway, uh-huh. besides yeah, that. Beside episode number one. Yeah, right. Fight yeah. Now. Because you're going to eat now. your words, Tommy. You're going to eat no, your I words. It's true now because we were wondering, is it going to be? And it is. So there you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> awesome. Thank you all very much. And we'll see you later this week. Next week. Next week. This is Thursday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right. Bye.